How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud postgame podcast for the playoffs. So we've just seen Kings Rangers game two at Staples Center and Kings win 5-4 in overtime. They take a 2-0 series lead. Diane and I got to go to that game and had a great time. We had a great time in retrospect because yeah. uh, like the intermission between first OT and second OT, I just kept starting to tell every like two seconds being like, but what if I just died right now? <laughs> what, what if this if, is the end? What if this is it for me? Because I could not, I like was doing a self wellness check, and I was not okay. It was rough. I think, and me, I will fully admit, when they were down four two to start the third period, I was like, I don't think they're gonna win this game. But and not even necessarily in a dour way. Like I was pretty chill about it. It had been a fun game to watch for the most part. But I was like, I just, how many times can you go down to nothing and come back from it? Not because they had been playing poorly, but they had been making enough mistakes that I was like. Can you come back again? And egg on my face. Definitely, indefinitely, they can come back from. Like I know that going into uh, the second period, it was like, oh, the Kings are down two zero. Where have we heard this before? Like a million times, and we all hate it. Right. I think I mentioned it in like a tweet, like while we I was uh, for like last podcast, but um, apparently. There's, they're always just going to come back. They're not phased by it at all, going down to nothing. So here's a stat that I saw from Dan Rosen. He posted, The Kings have fallen behind 2 nothing in five of their past nine games. They're 4-1 in those games. And that's, that's crazy. So including the last three games, they've gone down to nothing. In the first two games of the final, and of course, game seven against the Blackhawks, they went down to nothing. But it hasn't mattered. Apparently, that's the worst thing you could do against the Kings recently is go down to nothing. And it seems like it happens a lot, but I think it's only because it's happened so much the last two games. Because I asked on Twitter, I was like, when is the last time the Kings had a first period that wasn't inexplicably dumb? And it was game... Four when they went up three nothing against the Chicago Blackhawks in the first period, but that seems like a lifetime ago. That was last series. Someone else, like the, one of the first people who mentioned, was like some game in like the San Jose series. And they're like, <laughs> right. and I, and they just stopped there, and I was like, yeah, that's ages ago. <laughs> right. Do you realize how long it's been? You know, a lifetime ago. So here's here's something that's interesting though. After watching the game, who would you have said probably had the most or like the hardest time in that game? The hardest time. Yeah, who had, like, the worst game to you? Just, like, eyeball test watching. Even, just, like, lines. Not even individual player. Line for the Kings. Who seemed to struggle the most to you? The fourth line? No! Which is weird, because I totally would have said the fourth line as well, just from watching. Yeah. But actually, it turns out that the first line is the only line for the Kings that did not come out positive in possession. But they came out with two goals. It's so <laughs> weird, right. Yeah, so they were a minus five at the end of the night Jeez. against... They had some trouble against the McDonough-Girardi pairing, Kopitar's line did, and the second line, I think, a little more than our top line, but they didn't do great against the top line either. So they really struggled in comparison to everybody else who came out either dead even or 
who were on top in possession. The Kings' second line, the Carter line, but of course those lines got juggled around. But yeah. for the most part, Carter himself and whoever he was paired with, they came up plus six. Carter was great. He had a great we game. All, we talked about Carter a lot just because of him battling for the puck, like maintaining possession um, like during a line change or, you know, he was excellent on the boards. Man, that Carter. There was one shift where he had the puck for, like, a good 20 seconds. and Oh, because he, like, circled around behind the net right, and yeah. then was just, like, up near the blue line, just kind of, like, continuing to fend people off, mm-hmm. both with his, like, just, like, kind of reaching out and, like, stopping them and, like, having his stick kind of a little bit away. Like, the control uh, that he was, like, the control he was able to exert was beautiful to watch. It, it was great. I mean, to the Rangers' credit, they did not allow him to get a shooting lane, so he never got a shot, and he never had an opportunity to pass it to somebody else who could, so eventually he lost the puck, but it was amazing to watch him control that puck for so long, and there was the potential for something to develop, it just didn't. He had he had a really strong game. I, I really enjoy watching Jeff Carter reassert himself as a strong center. Mm-hmm. Of course, it had been something the Kings have done over stretches in past regular seasons and whatnot, but never for this long, and it's working out really well for him, I think, right now, and I, it's fun to watch. I think he had a good game last night. Yeah, an excellent game indeed. Somebody who, ha- who had a pretty good game and who played a lot. Drew Downey <laughs> played 41 minutes and 41 seconds last night above and beyond anyone else because Ryan McDonough played 37 minutes and 48 seconds in game two. That's insane. At some point during the series, I have to believe Drew Downey is going to reach 60 minutes of play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As this is going, since game one was one overtime and game two was two overtimes, if game three reaches three overtimes, I assume Downey will play an hour. Yeah. Or four overtimes, I guess. This didn't quite break the Kings' record for longest playoff game, um, and that still belongs to last uh, year's game five in the Chicago series, which I think was only like a minute or so, a minute or two longer, but still has the record for the longest Kings game. This one did get pretty close, though. But of course, Dustin Brown ended it a little early, which I'm fine with. Which is fine. It's absolutely fine. Even at the end of the third period, I was like, I don't think I can handle, I like physically can't handle uh, an overtime. Yeah. So I would like someone to score. Preferably the Kings, but at that point I would have taken anything and and then two overtimes later. (laughs) Right, right. We ended up sitting there anyway, which is fine. We we paid a decent amount of money for this game. So I'm glad that we essentially got to see a game and a half. (laughs) Money well spent. Dustin Brown actually had, he didn't have a great game. He struggled during parts of it, but there were some moments where he came up pretty big for the Kings. Obviously, the overtime goal is the most noticeable one, which is a a great tip-in from him. Like, he managed to battle back against Ryan McDonough, who was trying to push him out of position, basically, and succeeded. And then Dustin Brown was like, you know what, I'm just going to go around you. (laughs) And then at the last second, got his stick in the exact right place at the exact right time to tip Willie Mitchell's shot past uh, Henrik Lundqvist and win the game for the Kings. And um, but there were a couple other moments in the game where he also just looked really good. And so it seemed like when the Kings needed Dustin Brown to make something happen, he was able to. And so I'm glad that he finally got the goal too. And it wasn't like an empty netter because That's true. it you know he got a little bit of spotlight, a little bit of positive positive spotlight on him for a change. Yeah, instead of just the uh, cut, I, it's always like the empty net goal is like his signature. That like you know that the game is over when Dustin Brown has scored <laughs> yeah. the empty net goal. Um, but instead, yeah, he was the the overtime hero this time. What do you think of Ryan McDonough? I mean, in this game, I guess in particular in the series, because he's definitely been the defenseman for the New York Rangers that has gotten the most press 
and mm-hmm. is talked about the most. And he scored a goal last night. He scored the first goal of the game. Do you? How do you think he look? Do you think he looks like a threat on the ice? Do you notice him when he's on the ice? To be perfectly honest, I don't notice him on the ice as the thing. Like, he's perfectly serviceable. He's obviously an excellent defenseman, but I don't think that he is, like, miles better than the rest of his defense, like, the other defensemen on the team, um, and certainly not in the league of Dowdy. So, I mean, I do notice him, mm-hmm. but it, it's not anything, like, in particular. Not anything more than, like, wow, that guy is amazing, and he's obviously going to be a force, a force to be reckoned with, which... Of course, you know, you need to monitor what he's doing, but I don't think that he's anything like that great. I, I think he probably just needs to develop more. He's obviously a very talented defenseman, but I'm just not overly impressed. Yeah, I like watching Ryan McDo- McDonough in general, but what I think this playoff series, and what I guess a lot of people are slowly noticing, is that he has gotten a lot more press, but he has not necessarily always been the difference maker for the Rangers. Last night, for example... His pairing, him and Dan Girardi, they struggled a little bit. Even though they had a great game against Kopitar's line, like, they were like a plus seven against Kopitar's line. That's insane and cannot happen to Andre Kopitar. But overall, the pairing that had a lot more success was the Rangers' second pairing of Mark Stahl and Anton Strahlman. Anton Strahlman, pretty damn good. I hate Anton Strahlman because he's good. good. Because he's good. He had a Corsi four, like his Corsi percentage was 60.4. He, he was on the ice at five versus five, 29 shot attempts for 19 against. Comparatively, McDonough on ice for 30 shots for 38 against, 44.1% Corsi. And Strawman also led the team, the Rangers, with three block shots. So he, pretty good game two for Anton Strawman. I remember game one watching it on TV and just like watching him be extremely physical and kind of forcing guys off the puck or forcing the Kings to like dump it in with like the pressure that he was putting on and just being like, number six, Strawman, I'm not going to like you in this series. Yeah, and even I think last game he actually came out neg- like on the worse side in possession, yeah. but he had tougher zone starts. Mm-hmm. They were something like 29%. Like, most of his were defensive zone starts. Yeah. This game, he had a, some more offensive zone starts, and then, of course, had the, like, amazing Corsi. So I think, in general, comparatively, he's still doing really well for that Rangers team, and I think the Kings need to watch that because it could be a problem for them, even when they figure out, for the most part, how to survive Ryan McDonough. Strawman is somebody else that's going to cause trouble for them. So keep an eye on that guy. Also win the cup so that the Kings can acquire him. <laughs> but he's driving his own price. Like, this series is driving his price up because oh. I believe he's he's a UFA. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's bothering me most of all. Yeah. Please stop shining so that the Kings can acquire you. <laughs> and Todd Strawman, he's do no longer like a secret hidden gem. Uh. Like, every, like, way to play like this on the biggest stage in hockey right now. <laughs> right. Could you be less of a star? <laughs> so, yeah, let's keep the attention on Ryan McDonough. In fact, let's erase everything I said. Ryan McDonough had an amazing game. He's the Rangers' top defenseman. <laughs> He's the only one who should get paid good money. And Anton Strawman should be shipped off to Nowheresville because he sucks. Come to the Kings. <laughs> I think it's so funny just because, you know, with you always have to find the narratives for the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And so Drew Doughty, as the series, like as the playoffs has progressed, like has been constantly talked about and how he's only 24, so this isn't even his prime. So they kind of had to like, not that he's bad once again, but they kind of had to grasp at straws straws to be like, this is their star defenseman right, like yeah. that's going to lead the team or what have you. So 
not so yeah. much. Though. And and I think like Ryan McDonough has a lot of talent and yeah. is a very interesting player to watch. But he's obviously not on Drew Daddy's level. Like okay. obviously not there. He could be very good though, and I think he's done pretty well so far for the Rangers. But um, I have to say that Anton Strawman is the one to watch for me. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the goals that happen in this game. So the first one, the Ryan McDonough one kind of the fault, or primarily the fault, of a turnover by the Justin. person who is supposed, supposedly the most clutch player for Justin the game. Williams. Justin Williams. Because it doesn't matter in the first period. They got plenty <laughs> of time. So even if he gets all of his turnovers out of the way. And then there was also that moment where Justin Williams had pretty much a breakaway attempt and then loses the puck in front of Lundqvist. That was... That was the worst. Everyone was already standing or, like, half squatting over their seats. Yeah. And then just, like, the disgruntled, like, oh. <laughs> it's like when Toffoli fanned on that, like, perfect shot, like, a few games ago oh, or whatever yeah. it was. And you're just like, really? That was, like, perfect. And this isn't, like, it was on the stick of, like, Kyle Clifford where, like, even if he had the shot. You don't have a lot of Like, faith. it may not have gone in. <laughs> like, it wasn't a Trevor Lewis breakaway, mm-hmm. which he had, I think, one of those two. Yeah. And that didn't, did not pan out. But, uh, yeah, so that was kind of unfortunate on Justin Williams' part. It was, and there was, I saw a tweet that somebody was like, well, it's the first period, Justin Williams doesn't even care right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which, he's like on autopilot. Why. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, waiting for Don't my matter. time. Don't matter. My big moment. So, yeah, he, turnover allows the first goal, and then on the second goal, Matt Zuccarello beats Andre Kopitar on a puck down low that's right on the goalpost. Yeah, like, to be fair, whoever was the one who shot it, I guess it was Ryan McDonough shot it, and didn't really shoot, like, kind of shot, like, a little wide, and yeah. it just got right into Zuccarello, and he kind of, like, blocked it, or, like, protected it with his body, and then it just fell right to his feet right, on his yeah. stick. But to be fair, also, Trevor Lewis was in a position like that not too long ago, and completely fucked it up, so... <laughs> Don't. Why would you do that? I'm just saying. I mean, like, we had to see that in person. I don't. Not. I like. I don't want to fall. I mean, like. Yes, he beat Andre Kopitar yeah, down low. It's true. very true. But at the same time, you're right. It was right on the post, pretty much right at the goal line. All he had to do was bat it in. Yeah. So it's kind of like I don't want to fault him, but also I watched Trevor Lewis fuck up an opportunity like that with no one there. So. <laughs> Maybe Andre Kopitar could have done a lot more. But also, to Andre Kopitar's credit, that doesn't necessarily happen a lot, yeah. where he is going to be the guy that gets beat one-on-one. So now they're down 2 nothing. but the Kings had better possession and better scoring chances in that first period. So it was frustrating, I think, but didn't look bad yeah. for them. Yeah. It still looked promising with the way that they were playing, that they could get back in it. It was just unfortunate that once again, they were down right. two goals. Yeah, and it was different from game one, where it was like they came out not skating very well, right. and were keeping pace with the Rangers, but the Rangers looked like they just had more confidence and were a little more prepared. Although I will say that in the first period, and then throughout the entire game, the Kings passing, their perfect passing to the Rangers, <laughs> yeah. was abysmal. Yeah. Like, they... Like scooted pucks directly onto Rangers, like the stick, the tape of their sticks. Mm-hmm. To, I was dying. To really put a number to that, the Kings had thirty-three giveaways to the Rangers' fifteen in this game, and giveaways are a little bit of a deceptive number because people have also pointed out that you can make the correlation that a team has more giveaways because they have the puck more often. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I think there was a fair combination of just like unfortunate giveaways versus like you tried to pass to somebody, but it wasn't a Kings player. There was a lot of, like, fanning on 
yeah. like clearouts and things like that. It was weird. Like they didn't play poorly, but it seemed like they had a lot of little mistakes as well. Yeah, and it bit them a number of times in this game. They because again, as everybody has mentioned, they never had a lead in this game. They didn't have a lead last game. They didn't have a lead in the game before. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, what's a lead? They've been letting mistakes to give teams an advantage, or the, at least the appearance of an advantage, mm-hmm. when maybe they shouldn't. So yeah, so those were the first two goals, but then Jared Stoll gets a goal fairly early in the second period, almost two, a little less than two minutes in, and Justin Williams has the pass on that. That's really good, so he's making up for his earlier mistake. Correct. Which is something I can't say about Justin Williams throughout this game. Every time he made a mistake, he did something to make up for it. Yeah. Which is nice. I, I will take that. Um, it was a great pass by Justin Williams, an excellent shot by Jarrett Stoll, because he still was also battling somewhat off, mm-hmm. and Ed just terrible save by Klein. Yeah. Not a goaltender. Here, okay, here is where Trevor Lewis is better than someone. <laughs> Trevor Lewis was an excellent goalie when he needed to be. Yeah. And made an excellent, like, collected it in his body. If you watch the replay of this goal, and you see Klein just sitting there in net, it is the slowest glide of a puck yep. into the net. All he needed to do was kick a leg out. Not even very quickly. Just maybe a stretch. <laughs> like a little slow stretch. And it would have deflected wide. Mm-hmm. But instead, he kind of moved away yeah. to give the puck more room. Instead of using his body, he uses the stick, which is the wrong move because it completely misses his stick. Yeah. Completely. And yeah, you're right. Like Trevor Lewis in that situation <laughs> knew to use the body. Alec Martinez in that situation knew to use the body. Yeah. Kevin Clyde, not as on it. <laughs> Doesn't know how to be a goalie. And then that's fine, though, because then the Kings uh, decrease their deficit. They're now behind one goal, but they give the Rangers a power play. And who capitalizes on that? Uh, Martin St. Louis. Which is a good shot. It was, yeah, like, the, it was an excellent play, shot. Like, there's, there was good passing from the neutral zone into the offensive zone, and then um, uh, St. Louis gets the pass from Derek Stepan. And he lets off a good shot right in sort of the vulnerable spot. Somebody posted about it. I forget who. Maybe Greenberg or... I don't know. Somebody. One of those stats guys. <laughs> posted about where the Rangers could really capitalize on Jonathan Quick. And one of their mistakes was they never tried to go high glove side. And they should have because if you look at sort of the concentration of where goals have been scored on Jonathan Quick this season, they're mostly on that side and re- in close. And they were like, you know, this post was saying that the Rangers have a perfect player for that. His name is Martin St. Louis. And so this was a perfect example of where that logic panned out because that's exactly what happened. So he comes in, he has the room, he goes high on quick and beats him. Rangers have another two-goal lead. Such is life. I appreciate the Rangers fans around us. Some of them were annoying, but when, they, when Martin St. Louis scored... Um, a, a couple of them had like New York accents, so they were just like, "Yeah, Marty, Marty, that was beautiful, Marty." And I was just like, "Wait, this is great, though." Amazing. Like, please accent. get it back, Kings. Like, I want <laughs> right. you to win, but also thank you for giving me this. Right. And then the Kings do get it back, and it is also a power play goal for the Kings. Beautiful and Willie Mitchell shot. Willie Mitchell with a bomb from the point. Gorgeous. Just right past everybody. Slava Voinov got an assist on that. Justin Williams picks up another point for the night on that. Excellent. So Kings now back within one 
But but Willie Mitchell giveth, uh, and Willie Mitchell taketh away. He was a hero, and then he was a zero in the span of eleven seconds. That's all it took. Eleven seconds, and it's worse than the twelve seconds geez. from the other uh, the Blackhawk series when Patrick no. Sharp scored a goal. I hate it. I know. So yeah, eleven seconds later, other side of the ice, Jonathan Quick stops the puck, and he's leaving it for a defenseman. Willie Mitchell comes in, and there's a there's a ranger right on him, so he has to sort of fight off some competition there. But he sees this puck that Jonathan Quick leaves. He fans on a clear, an attempt to get it, you know, further ahead. Rangers player gets it right into the net. Derek Broussard puts it right into the net because Jonathan Quick is not back in position yet. Kings down 4-2. They can't even enjoy the lead. They hadn't even called Willie Mitchell's goal, and already Jonathan Quick and Willie Mitchell had a miscue. I might have still been standing (laughs) like for this goal. Uh, Yeah, and Jonathan Quick does like a weird like twist where his like glot, like he's just completely twisted around. It's just bad. It just looks bad on everybody's part. Yeah. So Kings fans can't even celebrate. Twitter hadn't even fully updated what they're celebrating. <laughs> if you were watching it on like a game center, right? Your stream was behind. Yeah. I know what game center is you like. You were just finding out about Willie Mitchell's goal, <laughs> and the Kings had just gotten, you know, another goal scored on them. Yep, that's what it was like. <laughs> so the Kings now they're down four two, heading into the third period. It's like, all right. I mean, yes, they've come back. You know, they've scored two goals, so technically they have come back from that first two goal lead, but now they still got two more goals they gotta score. Now you're like, alright, in order to win this game, they have to score at least three more goals. Can they do it? And yes, they continue to be the best offensive team, but it's like, alright, kinda worried about where this is gonna go. But once so, again, uh, like the second period where they like came came back on the ice like, you know, all guns going, um, they scored a goal. Yeah. Less than two minutes before, uh, or less than two minutes after the start of the period. And this one was a bit controversial. Controversial goal. I think it's also, like, insult to injury with the fact that Dwight King got credited for this <laughs> goal. When he was the one who was, <laughs> uh, like, basically sitting on uh, Lundqvist's leg. Right, yeah. So that is the situation. Goal is scored, but Lundqvist is pretty upset. Rangers bench pretty upset because they say there was goaltender interference. Earlier in the game... Uh, Benoit Pouliot had gotten called for interference on Jonathan Quick. So you already know that's something that the referees are looking out for in this game. Mm-hmm. And Lundqvist is like, look, dude is right on top of me. When you look at the replay, they they could have called it. Like, yeah, it's very absolutely. true. Absolutely. Goaltender interference, of course, one of the things that's not reviewable. It should be. Yes. I think what happened with the official is he's on the side where Ryan McDonough is. Because what happens is, like, Dwight King sort of skates up into the blue paint where Lundqvist is. And he gets... Ryan McDonough is also there. And, of course, he's trying to push him out of the way, but ends up pushing him into Lundqvist as well. Dwight King falls. And the goal is scored before the fall, but after Dwight King is already there. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe, you know, ref didn't see it. They just didn't see it happen. He saw Ryan McDonough. He didn't see Dwight King all up in uh, Lundqvist's kitchen. (laughs) And the Kings are now... Four three. Why do they call it a kitchen? I don't know, but it's hilarious to me. So yeah, so now it's four three. They don't even review it at all because no. goaltender interference, so they can't. Things just keep on rolling, and then Marion Gabrick shows up the way he does. I love Marion Gabrick. Me too. Once again, let's all pitch our lemonade stands, gather funds, get him to sign again. Yeah, if, if not already, 
Yeah. Because, like everyone said, this is what happened uh, with Jarrett Stoll. They had already re-signed him. They just didn't talk about it until right. later. And there have been some rumors that they might have done the same with Gabrick. Yeah. So Marion Gabrick has an opportunity where he, he gets a shot. And then it kind of, it's blocked. It kind of bounces around through a couple of Rangers. He gets the, his own puck back and scores on Lundqvist. It's tied. And it's amazing. I got a headache yesterday from screaming. So this was part of why. Yeah. Good. So good. And of course, as we all know, he was the one who tied it 4-4 in the game against Chicago. At this point, even though there's plenty of time He tied left, it in the Ducks game? Yeah. That's that's the that's guy who's going to do it, yeah. is Marion Garrick. So he, even though, like I said, I totally admit that when they were down 4-2, I thought they were going to lose. Once they tied it, I was like, I don't care how long it takes, the Kings are winning this game. Yeah. I fully believed then, of course, it goes into double overtime. Here's a couple of things, because obviously goaltending has been a big thing talked about. In this series, it's because Lundqvist has been really good. He come, he came into the series as the leader for goaltenders in the playoffs with the best save percentage of 928. And Jonathan Quick had the lowest with 906 for the playoffs. Since, or in the past three seasons, 20, 221 games played, not including last night's game, Lundqvist had only had four games where he'd allowed five goals or more. So you're thinking that's pretty slim. For comparison, Jonathan Quick had played 215 games and had allowed five goals or more eight times, but that's also including three of those games have happened in this postseason, <laughs> including the first two games against the Sharks. So that's what you're up against, is it's highly unlikely that Lundqvist will let in another goal or whatever. But this is, of course, something that was like mentioned on Twitter by uh, Dimitri Filipovic. And some other folks as well. Yeah, when it, they were down 4-2. You're right, all right, well, he let in this fifth goal, who's going to be first? To Jonathan Quick's credit, I think we have to point out that in both Game 1 and Game 2, even though he let in some questionable goals, he has completely shut it down in third periods and in overtime. And Lundqvist, same thing, there haven't been, like, I mean, last night there were two third-period goals, but the one before, even when he was attacked with 20 shots, he didn't let any goals. Yeah. So Jonathan Quick has been good at the right time. Like, people joke about timely saves timely saves all the time, but if you're going to have a timely save, you know where you need to have it in fucking overtime. Yeah. And Jonathan Quick has been really good these first two games in that regard. And finally, Dustin Brown's goal, Dustin Brown's goal happens, and the Kings win the game. Good job, everybody, for stepping up when you needed to. The Kings obviously celebrated the win, but after they were all like, we got to have better starts to these games. Yeah. The weird thing is they had a fine start to this game. They just... the couple of mistakes they made ended up in the back of their net. Right. I don't know. So, how do you feel overall watching that game? Overall, overall it was, honestly, it was frustrating. I guess, just watching how, I hate using the word sloppy because it seems lazy, but um, a little bit sloppy, yeah. I guess, everyone was. And it slightly frustrating to see that they can play well. And, like, the score always, like, misleads you to think that the Kings aren't dominating. But for the most part, the Kings have been playing excellent. Yeah. Um, but just things don't go their way. And it was kind of like during the Blackhawks series, too, where every team is going to make a mistake. Every team's going to have a turnover. Every team's going to have a giveaway. But, you know, you eventually kind of just... It works itself out in mm -hmm. the end. Like, it, there might, might be a scoring chance, but nothing really comes of it. But any mistakes that they made... Um, during some of those games in the Blackhawks series were immediately, like, 
poached upon and it became a goal. It kind of like happens for the first periods of the last two games as well. Yeah. But overall, they've been fine. I'm not terribly worried. Obviously, they know that they can be better. We all know they can be better. So I, you know, it's promising. And the fact that they are still winning, you know, it, it might be one thing if they were losing, but they're still winning. They're still finding a way to, you know, come out full force third period overtime. And Jonathan Quick is also able to just shut everything down. Uh, makes me feel just fine, promise, like hopeful about this yeah. series. Uh, Nick from Jules in the Crown had a tweet where he was basically saying that the Kings, despite going down to nothing in these first two games, have not played poorly in them overall. So if things are going to correct themselves, he thinks the way that they'll correct themselves is the Kings will start getting goals first yeah. and having leads rather than failing to come back. Yeah. Um, which is sort of an interesting thought because obviously people are like, how many times can they come back? But I think that is the thing to notice. Like, they haven't had a crazy significant edge in, like, possession or whatever. But in both of the games, by the end of them, they've had the edge. In this game, at even strength, it wasn't by a crazy margin, but they did outshoot the Rangers for most of it. So I think that's something to take into account, too. I think they, despite how they looked, I think they can only get better. Whereas I think already, I mean, nothing's guaranteed, obviously, but the Rangers have had to work really hard to, you know, take it to them full force and whatnot, and the Kings have still found ways to come back. Mm -hmm. So I'm cool with it. I would love to see them play at their most dominant, but I'm also not really worried about how they've played so far. And I am excited for the rest of this series. I think it'll be an interesting challenge seeing how they play in Game 3, now having had to travel back um, to New York and whether or not they get enough rest or, or, you know, whatever. But the Rangers are sort of facing that same challenge. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting thing. I guess to take it back to the controversy for a second, I saw a lot of people mention the fact that that goal, the third goal, had it not been allowed, there's a possibility that the Rangers could have won that game in regulation 4-3, even if Marion Gabrick, you know, still scores his goal. Yeah. Do you think that the Kings were, quote-unquote, handed this game? No, of course not. Me either. It, it happens for every single, like, that happens for every team in every, like, little possible way. Like, oh, someone doesn't call a high stick. Yeah. Okay, I, we, you could have had a penalty, or, like, a penalty, or a power play, and you could have scored a goal, and, okay, so what? They got the dumbest goalie interference call oh, yeah. for them in <laughs> overtime. You mean when Jeff Carter killed... Uh, Lundquist. <laughs> when Jeff Carter brutally assaulted <laughs> Henrik Lundquist, um, who, who like obviously point. like asked Broussard from game one, like, so how do you sell a thing? Okay, cool. I don't know if I can spin around 80 times like you did, <laughs> but why don't I just like fling myself to the ground? Uh, not a single person on Twitter was buying it. Uh, not a single person at the Staples Center was buying no. it. And the Raiders fan in front of me like we saw the the replay and he kind of was just like Meh. like that was like that was kind of bad and he just kind of like shrugged about it right yeah. and like told his friend who was a kings fan like well you guys got that that king goal they were also Justin Williams also got an interference they were given two power plays in, in overtime. first over in the first yeah. overtime so i don't like i could have just said then if the if the rangers had won they were handed this game. Right, yeah. You know, like, it. The, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I, yeah, I think, and, and to be fair, like, with that Carter thing, it was an interference penalty, but I think also because of the way he sold that so much, they could have called embellishment at the same time. Yeah. And it would have been 4 or 4 but it wasn't. The Rangers had a power play. Also, let's not downplay the fact that they had a two-goal lead three times in the same game. Yeah. So they had plenty of opportunity to win it. Like, guess that call 
maybe that goal would have been waved off or whatever and it could have changed the way the game went. It's totally possible, but I don't think it's like this game was so close the entire time that that really changed everything because that goal also happened so early. Yeah, that, that's the thing. They still would have had plenty of time. Like, that happened... Okay, fine. That is called off. People get angry. Three seconds later, the right. Kings score another goal. Like, yeah. who cares? So handed yeah. them that game. I don't think they were handed. Them and that. if the re- it, like, if it was, if if you know, if you're casting aspersions on the refs, it was just a bad game overall mm-hmm. for because there were plenty of calls that I could see that they should have made on the Rangers, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, for a while in the first period, it they seemed, weren't calling. They anything. weren't calling anything, and yeah. everyone's like, "Uh, is, what's happening here?" Um, so I guess you can say that it was a bad game by the refs, but not for any particular team. I think it's fine. Or how about you just take whatever circumstances you're given? <laughs> Why don't you just deal with Why it? Why don't you stop whining about it? I, I don't think they were handed that game. I think it is unfortunate for Lundqvist and the Rangers and Rangers fans. I totally see being upset about that goal, but I don't think that goal necessarily was the game changer. So on to game three we go. The Kings are up 2 nothing in the series. And there's still plenty of hockey left to play. I had fun. Did you have fun, Diane? I had so much fun. We had a lot of fun. I had so we saw streamers. Yes. I got to sing my Kesha streamers song. <laughs> um, we stood in our seats and uh, for the entirety of Happy for Else Happy at mm-hmm. the end, just dancing. So if you looked up in our section and you saw two girls just grooving, that it was, was probably us. us. Yeah, it was a good time. Lots of fun. All right, and so we will be watching, of course, Game Three, which is Monday. And hopefully the Kings win. If they don't, whatever, that's fine. But hopefully they do. I can't, I, no, I don't really hope that the Rangers win, but I'm just saying I, I want maybe Rangers fans to be a little bit happy because they're paying a lot of money for their tickets. Yeah, those tickets are <laughs> fucking expensive. So I would like, I actually would be totally cool if they win at least one. I don't want yeah. them to win both, but no, no. if they can win one, that's fine. That's I'll fine. allow it. Um, all right, guys. So yeah, we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening as always, and take care of yourselves until we talk to you Monday night. Later, everybody. Bye, friends.